Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Virtual Voyage on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm your host, Abigail Snyder, and this is the Armchair Travel Show, where you don't have to leave your comfort zone. If your comfort zone is your car, you stay there. If your comfort zone is your dorm room, you stay there. And if your comfort zone is your living room, you stay there. Last time on the Virtual Voyage, we went up to the Temple Mount in Israel and we try to imagine what it would have been like to see the temple right in front of us. The temple, the most glorious structure. Where God's presence literally dwelt, we were right there. We also stood on the steps the priests would have walked on as they said the Psalms of Ascent while walking up to the temple. And we could almost picture all of the people with their sacrifices going to the priests and desiring to be blessed. Well, today on the virtual voyage, we're going to two significant places, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre and also the Garden Tomb. These are two spots where Jesus was thought to have been crucified and buried. And we're actually going to look at the evidence and declare one or none the winner at the end of today. So we're going to set out from our hostel and we're going to go down Jaffa Street just like we normally do. So follow me here. And we're going to enter through the Jaffa Gate. But this time, we have, of course, our regular route, our, our good old faithful normal route, where we go straight through the Muslim quarter right in front of us. But today, we're going to walk up just this, uh, just up a little bit, and we're going to make this sharp left turn. It's a little tight, but just follow me here. We're actually going into a new quarter of the Old City, which is the Christian Quarter. And what really differentiates this quarter is all of the Christian icons you'll see. It's the Christian Quarter. Now... Over here to the right, you may see a sign, the Via Dolorosa Station 1. That's The Via Dolorosa is the way of suffering that Jesus took on the way to the cross, and it actually winds into the Christian quarter at times. Now, there are many various stations, but going to them takes a good amount of time, um, especially because sometimes you're waiting to get into this tiny space for a long time because of the line. And I also have some issues with the evidence for various stations we can get into later beyond the scope of, of where we're at today. But you're welcome to come back on your own and take the time to go through the stops. I think you know the way, or you can ask me after the tour and I'll, I'll direct you. But the last stop of the Via Dolorosa is at the traditional place for Jesus's crucifixion, and that's the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. And we're heading over there anyways. But oh my goodness, as we're walking along, I sure am hungry, and my nose is leading me to this one vendor's table in the Christian Quarter. Oh, oh yeah, we're not missing this. It's shakshuka. This is some authentic Mediterranean cuisine, and it's morning, so to us Americans, it's a good breakfast item. So come over here and let me show you what it is. Okay, don't crowd the table too much. The vendor wants a space. How about our taller virtual voyagers head in the back here? There we go. Now everyone can see. Perfect. Okay, so what we're looking at is this red sauce simmering in the pan made of tomatoes. And then there's some olive oil, I think some onion, garlic, other spices. Uh, maybe we got pepper, cumin, paprika in there. Now, shakshuka might be considered a breakfast item to us because in the United States, we really only eat eggs for breakfast, right? We, we really think of eggs as that traditional breakfast staple. Not We don't eat them for other meals, per se. But here in Israel and throughout the Middle East or the Mediterranean area, really, uh, eggs is eggs are eaten for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and shakshuka, um, an egg dish, is also eaten for all three meals. So you just have to trust me here that it's so good that even my American ideal of breakfast food went out the window. I mean, the first time I tried shakshuka, I was just so happy that, to be honest, I make this back home on a regular basis and eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So let's watch what happens over here. We see the simmering sauce, but now here comes the eggs I promised. The vendor, he makes some little holes in the in the in the pan here 
so the eggs will fit in well, and then he cracks them right into the tomato sauce so that they poach. Okay, he's literally poaching the eggs in the sauce, and after I discovered this method for poaching eggs, I mean, I could not go back to poaching them in water. The flavor you get from it is just perfect. So the eggs are cracked into the sauce, the vendor places a lid over the pan, and we poach those eggs, and then it's time to just let them cook for a little bit. Alrighty, it looks like the shakshuka is ready for us, so time to dig in. The vendor right here, he's very kind. He's giving us all individual plates and utensil utensils, so shakshuka for all. What do you think? I mean, so good, right? I love this food. So with our shakshuka in hand, let's continue down the Christian Quarter here on the Virtual Voyage on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. We're going to make another left turn here through this little passageway and come out into this more open area. Right in front of you, yes, that's the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. You may have seen pictures of it, you may be familiar with it, but now you're standing right here in front of it. For many Christians, this site is considered the holiest site in all of Christianity because it's the traditional site for where Jesus was believed to have been crucified. Uh, also where he was believed to have been prepared for burial and then buried. So we'll actually evaluate all of those claims in a moment. But for now, we're standing outside of the church, and I want you to take a look at the top of the building. Do you notice something up there? Something that looks out of place? Yeah, you see that ladder? That's actually not in your imagination. There's a literal ladder, and it's not sitting up there from recent renovations. Okay, every time I've been here over the past several years, that has been there, and it sat there for a few hundred years before I came to. Are you getting curious? I mean, that ladder, it's probably the most famous ladder in all of Israel, in all honesty. It goes back to this whole idea of the church, the Holy Sepulchre, being a disputed site among Christians. There are six main Christian groups who all try to claim the right to this church, and so they end up having to divide it uh, between the Roman Catholics, the Greek Orthodox, Armenian, we have Syriac Orthodox in there, Coptic Christians, um, Ethiopians, yes, that's right. So with this holy site and then a few others, uh, there's something that is called status quo that was put in place. And this means that all of the Christian groups at these holy sites, they have ownership of certain parts of the site. And then they have responsibilities to carry out because of their ownership. Okay, so the ladder comes in because that ladder has been there since, I want to say, I think it's 1728. Yeah. And then since 1757, it's been in that spot because of status quo. It cannot be moved because no property may be touched or moved by any of the Christian groups unless the other five have consented to it. And it's actually harder to get them all to agree on, in the proper manner, even with a simple thing like a ladder, than you might think. So that ladder stays right there in that spot. Supposedly, the ladder is, is some ladder of an 18th century stonemason, and when his job was finished at the church, he left his ladder. And now the window we see right there in the ladder, well, they're in the Armenian portion of the church, but status quo requires that everything stay at it as it is, so the Armenians can't just go and take it down. So now you know the story of status quo and the famous ladder outside the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. I guarantee that'll come up in trivia one day. Well, now it's time for us actually to go inside of the church. So we're going to uh, go inside of a Christian holy site, of course, not a Jewish one. So you're going to want to remove your hat. It's a little different, right? Got to keep track of this. So we come in these front steps and we could either fork to the left or to the right. But we're going to head up the stairs here to the right. Okay, so we come out into this beautiful area where there are candles burning, there are signs in Latin above us. Any Latinists want to want to take a gander at some of the signs? Well, it's definitely very beautiful, and we got lucky because I've come at times when the line is literally out the door and you're stuck on the steps for just ages. We'll only have to wait a few minutes, which is super nice. 
So while we're waiting, I'll take the time to explain what is here. So in front of us, there is this large piece of rock, and that's the Golgotha rock. Uh, that's the place in Christian scriptures where it said that Jesus was crucified, right? So what you're going to do is you're actually going to go up to the section where there are people kneeling, and there's a little place where you can actually stick your hand through a little hole and touch the rock. So let's all make our way up there right now. So go ahead, just kneel down and touch it. And note that this is the place where it's believed that Jesus was crucified. Okay, good. Touch that. Yeah. And now move on to the left and we'll all regroup in just a moment. Okay, so we'll talk more about evidence for that being the site of Jesus' death in a few minutes when we're not inside the church where we have to be quiet. But for now, let's go down the stairs and I want you to stop here. Right in front of the stairs, we see these, these people that are essentially hugging and bending over the rock and placing little gifts on it. This rock is where they believe Jesus's body was prepared for burial. So he was taken down from the cross, they would say, up there, and then brought down here for burial. The issue I have with this spot specifically is that people are really worshiping the rock itself. And we know that no one and nothing on earth deserves praise except for God alone. And for that reason, I kind of like to keep moving past the rock, but at least you know what it is. Okay, so come over here, a few steps over here, and, and now I want you to see this, this built-up tomb we're going to go in. This is said to be the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. If you remember from the Christian Gospels, that's the man who wanted to bury Jesus in his very expensive tomb. So we're actually going to go inside, and there isn't all that much to see, but to the right here, this is the place where they would say that they lay Jesus' body after he was buried. So you have that visual in your mind, right? Now we're just going to walk out. There we go. We'll discuss all of this later when we examine the evidence. For now, just keep that image in your mind of, of that little bench where Jesus might have, might have laid. Well, here on the virtual voyage on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM, let's exit the Church of the Holy Sepulchre and then leave the Christian Quarter. We're in a good place to get to our next stop, which is the Garden Tomb. The Garden Tomb is a beautiful place. We're just going to cross this one very big street here. Okay, so let's watch for the signal when we can cross. Okay, perfect. Okay, great. And let's hustle on over to the other side. So now we just have to walk up this one street. And then follow me down this, this little path, and we come out into the garden tomb area. It's beautiful. Look at this. I mean, there, there are trees, and it's shady, and beautiful plants native to Israel, and, and scripture signs engraved on, on the sides of the path. It's really amazing to be here. This area is kept in amazing shape. It's a beautiful site to worship at, uh, to worship at in my opinion. So I actually, before we, we stop and go to the tomb, that's, that's the left of us down here, want us to walk over to the area of the Golgotha Rock. This is Golgotha Rock 2.0. So we're going to take the path over there. Just notice how beautiful it is as we're walking along. I can't stop using that word, but oh my goodness. It's so touching and moving to be here. So we're here at the Golgotha Rock. Well, uh, you know, not quite. We can't go up to the massive rock structure. See it? It's right over there. Uh, there's kind of like a little, little dividend in between us and then that area over there. Now, people say that is the Golgotha Rock because it looks like a skull. And I guess if you squint, you can kind of see that. We'll, di we'll discuss more, of course, later on when we examine the evidence. But for now, just consider that to be another potential spot where Jesus might have been crucified. So get your pictures. And let's head on over to the next spot, which is the garden tomb itself. That's where it's believed that Jesus was buried. So let's take the path back over. Again, it's such a nice place to be. You can see why it's such a, a fantastic place for worship. It's quiet. There, it's, the scenery is beautiful, and you can really just reflect right here. Okay, so we come down these steps, and this is the tomb where Jesus uh, was said to have 
been buried. So let's go down the steps here and let's go ahead on in. Now we're going to go ahead on here and we're going to enter on this left side. Okay, then look to the side here. Do you see this, this bench of sorts? This bench is where a body could have been laid, right? And then look at this little indent for the head. Okay, that's because the skull is around and no one wants a, um, a rogue skull. So the indent helps keep the place, or helps keep the skull in place, rather. So that's a potential spot for the tomb of Jesus. And again, we'll discuss more soon. So to exit, now get this, to exit, we're actually going to go out the other side. So there's two little entrances, and that's very important. Well, for now, let's walk on back to the hostel together. So let's take the nice path back up Joffa Street. Don't get hit by the light rail. Okay, so we made it to the hostel, so everyone take a seat in the lobby chairs because it's time for examining the evidence here on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. So, this is going to be fun. Let's first talk about the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Now, I believe that is the place of Jesus' death. Okay, the reason I believe that is, is first we learn in Matthew 27 that Jesus would have been led out of the city gates. We're told that he was not in Jerusalem. He was led from Pontius Pilate out of the gates of the city, and that's where they met Simon of Cyrene, who carried the cross of Christ, right? So it wasn't Jesus who carried it at some point. Remember, we hear about that man, Simon, who did that. So we have that situation. Also, it's important to note, you, you may be confused why I said we go out of the city gates, and then I'm, we're talking about the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, which was inside of Jerusalem's gates. Well, in Jesus' day, the gates, or, or, or rather the walls of the city of Jerusalem, would have been in a different spot, right? So it's important to note that the walls of Jerusalem in Jesus' day would have not contained the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, and then actually would have been outside. So it would have been, it, it would have been a place that's a, a potential place, as we hear from, from what the Bible describes, I guess. So next, we know that the Romans crucified a lot of people. We also know that wood could not be easily found, right? Wood was not a commodity, almost like it is today, where we can just find wood in, in the store. We go into Lowe's and we, we see wood, Home Depot, get all the wood we want, build whatever we want. That was not a thing back in Jesus' day. There were not just trees that could be chopped down. In fact, wood was very hard to find. And so that meant that the Romans, no way would they waste wood on a criminal. Jesus was a criminal to them. No way were they going to give him his own cross just because he claimed to be king of the Jews. No way were they just going to give him a cross and, and then waste that. So the Romans were using these crosses over and over again to crucify people in the same spot outside the city. That's the key part. They were crucifying them in the same spot. And we even know that the Romans were still practicing crucifixion uh, of the Jews, even into the Bar Kokhba revolt, which was a, a revolt that the Jews led against the Romans. We'll get into that more later. There's, there's a lot of history there. And that was in 135 AD. Now, here's the part where we get to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre specifically. Constantine's mother, we remember Emperor Constantine, right? And, and all that he did, he essentially was one who really founded Christendom, that idea of, of church and state working in tandem to accomplish the mission of Christianity. So we have Constantine's mother, and she came to Jerusalem about 230 years after the Bar Kokhba Revolt, which I said was in 135 AD. So we're, we're thinking somewhere in the, in the line of 300, 400 years after the death of Christ. And Constantine's mother came, and she wanted to know where the place of the crucifixion of Christ was. Because at this point, now she's coming, and she's worshiping Christ as her Savior. She's not uh, treating him as a criminal like the Romans would have. So, I want to ask you this question. Do you really think that the Romans forgot 
in that relatively short amount of time, a few hundred years, where all the crucifixions happened. I mean, this was major. There, I, I can, I, I, a ton of people are being crucified in this same spot. And so no way did they forget. And they weren't going to point Constantine's mother. They weren't going to lie to her and point her to the wrong spot. I mean, this is Constantine's mother, after all. And they pointed her specifically to the spot where the Church of the Holy Sepulcher is now. So all the evidence is pointing us to the Church of the Holy Sepulcher being the crucifixion spot because of the fact that the Romans were crucifying so many people in a spot. And then we know that Jesus probably went there. And then we know that the Romans led Constantine's mother to that spot as well. So while it seems pretty verifiable that the church is the site where Jesus died, what doesn't seem certain is that Jesus died on that rock that we touched. Okay, do you remember how we had to go upstairs? Like, we had to go up a good number of stairs. And that really doesn't make sense, especially when you consider that we're already several layers on top of Jerusalem in the time of Jesus, right? Like, a, like an archaeologist would peel away the layers, right? We're several layers on top of, of Jesus's uh, Jerusalem. So my conclusion would be that the Church of the Holy Sepulchre is a landmark for the area where Jesus died, but he would have been crucified far below us. Okay, then do you remember that tomb that we went in, right? That tomb inside the Church of the Holy Sepulchre? Well, first of all, we already talked about the issue with things being built up. Uh, that tomb was built up on the level that we're currently at right now. And it's absurd to think that a tomb like that could have survived thousands of years and then have a church built around it. So we know that isn't the actual location for Jesus's tomb, but you might say, well, I mean, couldn't couldn't we have the same situation as we did with the Golgotha rock? As in, the tomb might be below us, but then we have to do some critical thinking. Joseph of Arimathea was a rich man. He would have had a very nice tomb, and there's no way he would have put his tomb right by a spot where the Romans were crucifying people. Keep in mind, again, that Jesus, like I've said, was not the only person crucified at the Golgotha rock. Many criminals, of which Jesus was considered one, outcasts of society, they would have been crucified there. And then they would not have gotten a nice burial. They would have just, their, their bodies would have just been strewn all over. So for a rich man to place his tomb at a spot that close to where the Romans were crucifying and throwing dead people, that would have been truly unthinkable to a rich nobleman. And that's why it's of such significance, just as a side point, that Joseph stepped in and actually took Jesus's body because otherwise it pro Jesus probably would have just been thrown out like the rest of like the rest of the criminals. So ultimately, there's really no way for this spot or a spot even below it to be where Jesus was buried. And we simply come to that conclusion based on the social standing of Joseph. So then let's head on over to the garden tomb. So the garden tomb was a great place that can help us be in a spirit of worship. But I would disagree that it's, uh, I would disagree with those at the garden tomb who say that it's a spot for Jesus's death and resurrection. In terms of the Golgotha rock, uh, the rock itself was discovered in the 1800s. At that point, it looked very much like a skull. And you probably noticed it didn't look much like a skull when we saw it. And that's because in the last 200 years, the rock has shifted. Think about the last 2,000 years. That rock with two little holes in it would have looked so different. So claiming that that rock was the one Jesus died upon based upon the fact that it's in the area where he could have died and it has two little holes in the middle doesn't seem right, especially when we consider the strong evidence for the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. So then we have to think about the garden tomb. And since we concluded that the Golgotha rock we saw there wasn't the actual location most likely, I mean, it seems plausible that the garden tomb itself was far enough away from the Church of the Holy Sepulchre that a rich man like Joseph could have had that tomb, right? So, I mean, it makes sense. Like you say, well, that makes sense. It's a, it's a nice tomb. It's, it's in an area that would make sense. But one issue is the tomb itself is dated back to the first temple period meaning that it's from the 7th or 8th century BC. It, it's, it, Jesus was crucified in the second temple period. 
So the tomb is simply too old to fit. The garden tomb is actually connected to many other tombs we don't see from the first temple period, and it's basically part of the cemetery. Also, remember how we walked in one way and out the other way? Well, that's characteristic of a first temple period tomb. We also have a famous Israeli archaeologist, Gabriel Barkai. He's found first temple period pottery and other archaeological evidence in there, so all of it doesn't fit. But still, I like to go to the garden tomb uh, because it's such a nice place to pray and worship. Many people have gone there and done that, and it makes it a special site. So I don't dismiss the garden tomb altogether. I mean, it, goes, it gives us a helpful visual. It allows us to worship in peace. But is it the tomb of Christ? Based on the evidence, I would have to say no. So we concluded that the Church of the Holy Sepulchre is probably where Jesus was crucified. We didn't come to a conclusion on where Jesus was buried, though. It's actually important to consider all these Second Temple period tombs that are around us. If we exited the garden tomb and we went up the street just a bit, we came down the street. If we went up, we would enter this French Bible school compound run mainly by monks. And in there, there are between 10 and 20 first and second period uh, first and second temple period tombs, that's a mouthful, and they would have belonged to the rich. The tombs there would have been far enough away from the Church of the Holy Sepulchre and the dumping grounds for crucified bodies that it makes sense for one of those tombs to be the tomb of Jesus. But ultimately, we don't really know. We can speculate, but we can't know for sure. And the best part, in my opinion, is that it doesn't matter. The beauty of the tomb that Christ was buried in is that he is no longer there. He is risen. And so as I see it, we should not concern ourselves too much with the location of where Christ Jesus was buried for only three days. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Virtual Voyage, the armchair travel show with me, Abigail, on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I hope you'll tune back in next time as we continue our adventures in Jerusalem, the city of God. See you next time on The Virtual Voyage.